Welcome back to another episode of Rip Thrill Podcast. This is probably our biggest guest of 2020. I just said that about an hour ago, but I think this will top it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we might as well say it. Patrick's not here. So. you got to talk to the mic too, because we are in a new establishment. Um, we were at AFL House originally, but uh, we got kicked out for obvious reasons. The coronavirus is going around. everything down. Shout out, shout out coronavirus. You don't miss an episode. It's in a fair bit. Um, we... we this guy's a pretty big deal in Melbourne, and he's, he's doing it all at the moment. He's looking like he's doing pretty well, too. He's doing very well. Um, if you're into wine, we are at the East End Wine. I guess not a cellar, really, is it? No, nah, it's more of a bar. More of a bar. Wine no, bar a in Camberwell. I'm going to introduce him. This guy is 28 years of age. He still looks handsome as a young kid. He's six foot 10, 109 kilograms. We'll ask him what it really is in a minute. That could be fake. 120 games. Struck by injury. I love his career, but... Welcome, Max Gorn. Thank you. How uh, exciting is this? I've still got to go, th- still got to go on, through your accolades too. That's going to take another 10 minutes. I really wanted to go to AFL House today. You did. I'm just You did not want to go there. <laughs> it, was, it was mayhem. I <laughs> felt like I was in a, in a movie at the start. It was literally like people running around, yeah, cameras no galore. No one actually wanted to talk to us. Mm. Um, but I do appreciate you coming on today because I know um, a few teams in the AFL have put the clamps on media stuff and... Uh, as I said before, we did fun it ourselves, so yep. you're kind of looking after us there in a big time. No, no. Well, the only, I said to myself, the only time I'll ever go to AFL House is if I've done something bad, and I haven't ticked that off yet. Well, <laughs> is, I don't. Is think that I've where it's that held? Off. All the tribunal stuff? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, you've probably been. I've been. Uh, it, it, def- it definitely is there. It definitely is there. But but now we just do it via the internet. So yeah. Uh, right. I go through accolades. He's three-time All-Australian, two-time Best and Ferris, AFL. Coaches Association Player of the Year. That must yeah. have rated you. Yeah. You're really hard to play against. Melbourne captain, and that's a big thing. Congratulations on that, mate. That's humongous. And he's officially the Jaffa King of Melbourne, and we're going to talk about that soon too because that that's kept popping up in the research. What is Max Gorn doing? It's like that on the Wikipedia? Jaffles, Jaffles, Jaffles. Now he's into wine. Uh, it's it not th- much football stuff. It's down your outside. <laughs> so Does it say Jaffle King? It said the Jaffa King of yeah, Melbourne. Right. That's good. So that's a pretty good publicity. That means the money I'm paying for the... <laughs> It goes, to the it goes it's straight working. to the top. <laughs> Google page one's looking good. And I think I think it's called the bearded waffle, uh, the bearded jaffle. Bearded jaffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we'll talk about that soon. But um, welcome, mate. How has your preseason been? How's that um, knee holding up? That's yeah. obviously been a big talking point in the preseason. Yeah, well, we're going well. I mean, the length of preseason these days, I've missed half and still done almost twelve weeks. Like it's crazy how long preseasons go for. But um, we, you guys, escape the heat for your preseason camp and yeah, go to Tassie. We went to Tassie. We got, out, we got out of it. Everyone else goes to Sunshine Coast. Well, that's our advantage. Like, we yeah. train that shit since day one. Yeah, so, so, like, we get out of the heat by going to Tassie. I find that hilarious. That it's God's country. Go yeah, it's God's country. So, that's where I'm from. So, shout out to all the Tasmanians. <laughs> <laughs> all 14 of you. My relatives probably too. And my cousins. <laughs> but, no, nah, yeah. So, you got up to the coast. Um, so, how's it been? Like, obviously, coming back in, uh, you've done probably half of the preseason camp. Yep. Uh, all the preseason all up. Are you feeling pretty good now? What's the, what's the geo there? Feeling good now. So, I hurt my knee there. So, that's was around Australia Day around that time. Um, so I've missed the last sort of four weeks and I'm right back in it. Yeah. Um, ideally going to play round one, which is coming up. But we'll, we'll, we'll see um, what happens there. If there is a round one, <laughs> might give you an extra four weeks off. It could be good. It could be good. You'd be, you'd be flying by that time. <laughs> but um, no, we'll talk about childhood because obviously I've, I've, I know a fair bit about you, but when I was delving into the internet webs, Yep. I was finding out some shit. I was like, okay, so Gorney was born here in Australia. Yep. Then he went to New Zealand at a young age and obviously he came back. Yep. Um, run, run us through that. Um, 
I don't think too many people know you're... Are you New Zealand or Australia? Like I claim New Zealand. Yeah, nice, um, nice. I definitely claim it when the cricket and the rugby's on as well. <laughs> Depends who's winning, right? Yeah, especially the rugby. Well, the rugby's always New Zealand. But um, <laughs> no, I, my, my parents and my two brothers and everyone else with my last name and blood is born yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, apart from me, I was born on a little excursion that my parents had to Australia. As, as you do when you come to Aussies, like yep. matings in the air. Yep, correct. Things happen. Um, and then I moved back and I was there early, my early years. Yeah. But started primary school in Australia, so. Did you get into any of the, the rugby and stuff while you were there? I know you mentioned off air, off podcast before, you're a big cricket fan. Did you have any links to that? Like, did your family play it or... My first, I didn't do Auskick or under nines, tens, elevens. I played footy from about under 14s. Oh, right, yeah. So I was a little rugby union player. As you can imagine, rugby union for a 12-year-old in Victoria wasn't... Doesn't go, doesn't go well. Yeah, there was almost... It wasn't just one league, it was one team. (laughs) We just played (laughs) intra-clubs. That sounds like a good (laughs) (laughs) pre-season. That could be us this year. (laughs) So I uh, quickly passed up on rugby, but I I did start with rugby. Yeah, okay. So, you, we, when did you shoot up? Because what, what's the position in rugby for you? Like, 6'10"? Uh, there there's a position. The position... Uh, it's called a second row or a lock. John Eels. John Eels. Where they get lifted in the line out. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the position. So, they've got to pick up the biggest guy on the field and put him in the doesn't air. doesn't make sense, does it? Not, um, not for me, but... No, so that's... It should be the biggest guy picking up the that's smallest That's what I thought. Guy, Would that be the same height? Quick mass. Yes. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah... Uh, <laughs> It's also rugby's a lot of tackling and yeah yeah well you um, don't don't rate yourself. Well, AFL's got about four or five where I think Cam Smith makes I mean different sport rugby league yeah, but he yeah. makes sixty or seventy a game. Yeah, and yeah. that's not even his job. Yeah, so that's not that was one of the big reasons to go to footy. I would have thought when I was thirteen, and I was yeah. skinny and lanky and yeah. So because you were skinny and lanky, did you play ball as well? I was uh, hated basketball. Didn't like and it. And still to this day, really? Yeah, not a not a big fan of. Not a big fan of all three American franchises, to be honest. Okay. Well, there's four, but I don't mind the fourth in baseball. But oh, you do like baseball. Yeah, I do. That's very my least like. A little bit more cricket in oh, baseball. that's true, true. Yeah. A lot of batting in that. A little bit more stats. I love their books. I love Moneyball. I love Astro Ball. I love what's happening to Houston at the moment. It's absolutely hilarious. I love Brad Pitt. Um, so in the Moneyball movie. I like that, but the the other sports I struggle in, NBA, I struggle with the most. Well, yeah. I, I guess I'm kind of different background. Like, I love the basketball mm. I like NFL because I'm a tackler by nature. Um, so that's what I kind of do like. Yeah. But growing up, I, I went to a baseball game in two off-seasons ago and I was pretty intoxicated and I didn't even enjoy it then. Yeah, I just right. wanted to leave. But as a, as a millennial slash generation, well, I don't know what I am, but as... Oh, what, what are, are we Gen Y? I think we're Gen Y. Are we Gen Y? You're 28. We're close so to millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, everyone likes basketball, so you almost yeah. have to fit in with everyone. I know, I know a little bit about it. It's um, because you around the, bo- especially at the footy club, like yeah. it's kind of the, the chat. Yeah, do, you ever ring at, do you ever ring at Amy Park? Uh, we've made one. We, we, we've <laughs> had a makeshift one. Um, that works. Well, Christian Petraka always says oh, he, was better than, yeah. he was better than Ben Simmons. Well, so. it's kind of, we're talking about this on the last pod yeah. um, with Cripper today. Is like the commentators, they, f- they find out something like that, they'll just run with it for it. So obviously, you know, Christian Petraka and Scott Pendlebury had that basketball, but like, they talk about it every time they get a touch. Correct. It could have been a comedy, it could have played, could have been this. That's like... Yeah, Pendle's cops at every game. But now it's going to be like, oh, you should have played rugby union. Now they're going to talk about that, so my bad. <laughs> so, but you're right. Like, there's 12 games a day. You're so talking it's, it's hard to escape it. I did go watch a Miami Heat game once and um, fell in love with... I, it was the best performance I've seen someone on the basketball court. Was LeBron there then? No, I worked out... It was a guy named Kelly Olenek. 
who I thought should have been the highest paid player in the NBA after what I saw. Europe? Apparently, he's, he's the most mediocre. I've never heard of him. No. Nah, is he from Europe or something? No, nah, he's he he from Europe, but he's playing for Miami. He is white. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but I don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do not know. And I was, I came back to all these basketballs up the tracker and said, mate, this Olenek guy stocks in, like, get him. Get him in your, <laughs> yeah, suit, yeah. In, in your dream team. Like, this guy's a star. And it turns out he's not, so that's how much I know. Oh, we'll, we'll get on with that. That's uh, that's actually pretty funny. I don't know too much about basketball besides I'm a bandwagoner with everything, so is he, so don't worry about that. Are you that. kidding? I'm, I'm picking everyone up in the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah rightio. Um, so, so you started at 14, you, you worked your way up to the 17s, 18s, you played um, in your draft year. Did you do your ACL? Did my ACL round So two. this whole story is kind of depressing, but there's so much positive in it as well. Like yeah. With your injuries. So you've done your ACL. You still got picked up in pick 34 to Melbourne in 2009. So run us through doing your ACL, still getting picked up, which is awesome, but missing like a fair chunk of that year, coming to a new club and environment. Yeah, well, I obviously picked up footy late. So I got brought into the whole Tack Cup stuff late. And yeah, that yeah. was pretty much my... Who was your team? Sandy Dragons. Okay. Um, Shout out Sandy Dragons. Yeah, I was, I was literally the only public school boy there. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Um, they probably wore ties of training today. No, Jeez. When the when the when the privates went out, we were shocking. <laughs> we had tradies rocking up after their four thirty shift just to come train. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I did my knee round two, so oh, okay. I'd only played maybe seven games bottom age, and then one game top age, and then did my knee. Did you show enough? You must have shown well, something. I, I always say I probably would have gone one. If you if played I'd the whole year, thirty four after one game, it makes. I probably would have gone that one. Makes sense because you got drafted as the second tallest in the league yeah. behind big old Sandlings. I would have. Um, well, Skulls wouldn't have got that GWS deal because he, he wouldn't have, have gone one. He would have gone two. So yeah. shout out to Thomas. So I would have gone one. And who was it? Jack what? No, ja- oh no, 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 no the Jack Tr- what's Jack, my Jack year? Jack Trengrove. Yeah, Jack Trengrove. And then Dusty went to Richmond. Dusty would be at Frio because they had picked four. It all would have been if I didn't do me. So he wouldn't so. even be who he is now. So that, no. like, it's funny. Like the pendulum. Like what happens in that draft could change the whole aspect of AFL football. But doing an E at 17, geez, it makes you grow Has up. to be tough. Makes you grow up real, real quickly. And I've read stuff like, um, when was the year, was that, obviously you rocking up to Melbourne Demons, did you understand what, like, professional AFL was? Because you just only just started, and you obviously public school boy by yeah. hearing what you're talking about. Well, I was a December-born baby as well, so I was still oh, 17. Oh, so you're late. And I couldn't train. I hadn't trained for 10 months. <laughs> I, was, I was walking into this place going, professional standards, I I can't train. What is this? What do I do? Are you, yeah. are, you, are you trying to put on weight? I was at a public school where I constantly had darts at the dart tree with teachers. That's, that, that was the school <laughs> I was at. So I've seen <laughs> that, like, because obviously you just got made captain, so obviously someone's been doing the homework or you've said that. Like the, the ciggies before training and stuff. Yeah. Was that early days or was that like... Uh, I mean, it's a well-told story. Almost every time anything good happens in my own oh, career, that story okay. comes out. As I, I know exactly how that feels. Um, yeah, I died. I... When I, when I was 17, I was injured. I was driving a training. Um, I used the I used a story that I had friends in the car the night before, and they left their cigarettes. And you saw why that, not? That, that actually grew grew legs, and people believe that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but no, that that morning, so Kyle Cheney saw me on the freeway, which is quite <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> Kyle Cheney. Shout out to Kyle. What Whatever you doing, man? <laughs> um, and I had there was a day we were, we had similar to you guys. We had yeah. ten in our leadership group. Um, and it was a semicircle of ten, and me in the middle was a seventeen-year-old just As got to that club. Genie ratted you out, and Genie, oh, Genie had told the he leadership snitched. group. Oh, yeah, oh, no, that's not on. No wonder and he finished, um, finished up now. That that's not oh. good. No, but Genie, you're probably a good bloke, man. Genie just finished up, to be fair. He, he was at Adelaide, he, right? Yeah, last ten, club. He got a ten-year career out. So he done well. He done he well. Did very well. Got that redhead. I'll, I'll get um, yeah, oh, Brent, I remember Brett Maloney was on one side of the leadership group, and he was coming at me hard. 
Maloney. Yeah. Like, I know Brent Maloney, but like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. That's <laughs> 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 a double, double standards, brother. Brad Miller was coming at me hard. Oh, Mills. Actually, shout out to Brad Miller. Hey, but... That's, so that's, it so what's that like? that's intimidating, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, a 17-year-old, that must have been really intimidating. Oh, it's made me realise how to handle 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds. Yeah. We're all different. We don't come in like a... Not now. I'm guessing a human cluggage would Mate. just come in and he's Ultra-professional, yeah. skin folds, amazing, yeah. running-wise, like, I can't keep we, up. We don't all come in like that. I don't There's know how where they, where they put these kids in the under-18s, like, what's going on at AIS? There's like there a is more and more coming in like that. But and that's, You get, like, the one. Yeah. You get one kid, like... Probably you and me, the way we came in. But they end up, we're still on a list. We'll find a way. But how do, like, we probably did it from our own inu- intuitions. Well, we got we to learn. Like, you yeah. learn from your mistakes, I guess. Yeah. But these kids probably see and learn and then, like, the, I guess our pathways are different. These kids are probably getting, like, you know, the, the treatment and the all the, like, experienced coaches coming in looking after them compared to old mate from public school, couple games well, of Sandy. Like, we're the good stories, but... Is there someone who got delisted after two years who could have been an absolute jet but couldn't get across mm. with their personality? They were different to everyone else? Or Well, you don't really know about them, do you? Nah. I've, yeah. I've been with a couple of players who, like Rowan Kerr, like no one ever know who this is, but high draft pick, um, was absolutely out there, had a tattoo of a prawn on his arm. I don't know if you remember, remember this kid. Um, played one practice match, killed it, um, pointed to his prawn. So, like, Eddie had stadium, no one's there going off after a goal. This is before it was cool to do that. And like a couple of years later, he was gone playing yeah, in the right. waffle now. Like, yeah. he was a good player, but just different. Just different. Yeah. So that's why, like, as a leader, I know we'll get into it, but as a leader, like, all 45 players matter. Like, you got to, you're all different. Everyone comes from a different way of life. And the way recruiters that. are picking at the moment, like, there's lots of mature age guys coming in who are yeah. almost very different. Yeah. Um, Look at Marlon Pickett's background, yeah. man. Like, fuck. Yeah, crazy. But it's cool. It's cool. It, it is it, now. It, it actually stories. makes me enjoy leading. Yeah. And because I, from only having a few run-ins with you and talking to you, like, I'd flourish under that. Like, you've done so well in the regards. We'll get into that because yep. uh, we'll polish you off soon. That's, so that's, a, that's a big yeah. thing, man. Yeah. So, 2011, debut year. Round 11 versus Essendon. Big win. That was a game. That was a game. That was a game. Yeah. You actually, you played all right. And, but I'll, you got presented a number 37 jumper, which, which, which you were rocking for a couple of years. Yeah. By great Jim Steins. I did. So, run us through that emotion. Like, obviously, hindsight now, what he's gone through and what that would mean to you now. But, like... The kid who's just done ACL, different pathway to getting drafted, getting his debut jumper, big win over Essendon. Like I'm, I'm presuming there's going to be, well, like sixty to eighty thousand there at that game. Yeah, and we were, I think it was around, was it around eleven. We would have been, yes, around eleven, three and six or something. So we were yeah. paying pretty poor. So it's probably pretty good for Melbourne standards at that time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have those stats here. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was it. That was a massive game. Um, Going on Jimmy before the debut, yeah, uh, we got drafted and Scully, Trengrove, and then didn't stop there. Gisbert's Tapscott were all top eighteen, yeah. all first round. We had four picks in the first round, which is massive. Yeah, and then I went obviously pick thirty four. Um, so you can imagine that no one was that excited about this being Paul Nerico. Yeah, and then there was four four young guys that are going to come in straight away. Yeah. And, but Jim Steins picked me out in front of the whole group and said, I love this bloke. He's going to do things differently. I did things differently, and I reckon he will as well. Wow. Which has stuck with me. It's never wow. been more true words in yeah. how I've forged my career. Yeah. I feel like I've done things differently and stuck to that. Yeah. Um, Jim did things very differently. He was um, the f- almost the first player from Ireland to, to come play this. footy. Yeah. And Break played 240 games in a row or something. Brownlow like medalist. Crazy. Brownlow medalist. So... 
those words always stuck in me. So me and Jim had a great relationship. Um, one of my regrets, unfortunately, out of my hands, but I never got to meet Jim when he was well. Oh, okay. I only got to meet six Towards Jim, the end. Um, then going fast track into my debut, he had, to, he had to come in on the Thursday to present my jumper because he was going in for operation on the Saturday. You're kidding me. And there's, there's good vision. Well, it's not good vision, but there's vision of him with all the uh, stickers on his head for, yep. the, for going into the surgery. Surgeries the surgery. and placements. And he, he, that, he, the video is him presenting this jumper to me at Casey Fields. Um, and it stuck with me. And his motto, I still look at the jumper because I wear number 11 now, yeah, which yeah. is the number that he went to. That's what I was going to ask why he changed. Um, not trying to copy everything he does, but I'll win a Brownlow this year as well, which that, is it makes sense. Like similar it's, to what he's you're done. You're following Absolutely. his footsteps. Um, that... that <laughs> The whole story, like, that just resonates with me. Like, it's just something that that you can do. Like, obviously, you're being yourself. Yep. But, like, he's telling you to, like, don't follow the same footpath. Like, there's a couple of quotes that they're saying, you know, create your own, all that kind of stuff. But the way he's done it, it's amazing. And seeing what you're doing as well and touching on your debut, like, to get the win as well, like, especially that. Like, I don't know if he was there after the game or how that went down after the game. But that's just got to be something that you've just remembered for the rest of your life, right? I am. Um, I, t- I took a mark. On a really like I thought it was a good contestant. I was on a four hundred gamer as well, and Dustin Fletcher. Oh. So <laughs> oh yeah, it was a, it was a yes. pretty, it was a pretty good mark. Um, Cop that, Dusty. At the top of the goal square, ward seventeen points up with about a minute to go. Yeah, and I finally got my first shot of goal. I missed it. I sprayed it left. It was a shocking no. goal, and I got I had to come to the bench afterwards. I got a standing ovation from the MCC, and I've just missed a goal from the top of the goal square. So yeah, we'll take that. We'll Melbourne no, supporters, can stand for that Melbourne time. supporters are crazy like that. Actually, the MCC does get rocking when yeah. there's any chance of a win. I know exactly how they are because after that one comment I made, they hated me for the rest of their life. <laughs> I still <laughs> get booed and shit, man. I'm like. Yeah. I didn't even say anything. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were actually up on our walls. That, that no. I've, I've okay, completely, I've completely remembered that now. So was I? Okay, we'll talk about that. There we go. We'll I've, talk about that you I've obviously here. forgiven you because I've completely well, forgotten. I, I said to because we talked to um, <laughs> Jonesy like yeah. a couple of weeks ago and I was like, man, I just want to apologise. Like I was just regurgitating what the coaches and that were talking about. Like we played a bruise-free game. I was talking equally of us playing it. That was the And week. for some reason, <laughs> my, like it just comes out that I've just called like you guys pussies. That was the week before my debut. Was it really? Yeah. Oh my god! Well, so they brought me in, obviously. Yeah, because tough toughen up. <laughs> we're going to bring in this 210 centimeter Gornies from New Zealand. He's going to bash and crash, and he pretty much did so. Jonesy was good about it though. He was like, "Yeah, man. Yeah. Like we don't give a shit." I was yeah. like, <laughs> I, "I remember it was touched on. I remember the captain speech. I think Brad Green said something." And I remember the newspaper article might have been somewhere. Yeah, it wasn't good. Like the whole week, I was like, I didn't even say that. And I was like, that's why I'm starting a podcast in about 10 years later. (laughs) (laughs) It's twisting my words and shit. I'm glad you brought it up. That's actually... actually Just on the... I mean, you said going about things differently because we were talking about this earlier today. Like, it wouldn't have been easy sort of maintaining that throughout the journey because, you know, it is all about obviously trying to evolve and, and obviously stick within team structures and the way that you obviously work through things. But it mustn't be easy trying to maintain that difference and wanting to have that uniqueness and, and continuing that and being true to that. 100%. Um, or without getting sort of like egotistical about it, I was lucky I could play. Like Some guys who show their personality like that who aren't a tall 208-centimetre ruckman who's showing positive signs of being an okay ruckman, yeah. they would have been given the flick. So. so you were talking about that before, about like luckily I was that tall guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if I... I had two knee recos, 10 knee operations on my right knee before I played my fifth game. I was crazy in that six years, but my VFL games showed positive signs. Yeah. And well, you won the BNF. We'll talk about that soon, but you won the BNF. Games, yeah. Yeah, like eight games, yeah. Eight games. I think you played I'm nine. Sure I've that down. 
played nine senior games that nine year? Nine BFL, was it? So what year was that? 2014. 2014, yeah. So you started, this is, we'll talk about your business and that, but um, even even 2013, well, in 2012, you hurt your ACL again. You had a meniscus and ACL tear. Yep. So that's a whole year gone. That's Bang. See you later, 2012. That was the end of 2011, yep. But, like, for That was actually, there's the story behind that. So, yeah, run, run me through that because it keeps saying, like, That was the it. last session before Christmas break. So yeah, that's the worst time to do a knee because you're missing the whole season plus yep. the start of next preseason. And then you don't even start preseason next year. And I had my 21st planned because I'm born December 30. So I've done my knee 21st of December and I've got my 21st planned. This is timing 101. 30. So I've had to cancel my 21st, but instead of canceling it, I postponed it to the year 2020. Hang on, hang on. So I just, for some reason, I just, instead of cancelling it, I couldn't find the cancel button. I just postponed it till a, a year that didn't seem like it was yeah. coming. Or yeah. Eight years away. Yeah. We'll worry about it then. So when is it? But every year, every year around that time of the year, it comes up on someone's event. This is five years away. And someone will post, can't wait for this. Oh can't my wait God. for this. So, so Gorney's, had, Gorney's <laughs> never had a 21st birthday party and it's still... I think I'm having it this year. Well, it's 2020. <laughs> it's 2020. But do we want to set a date or? Well, it's going to be in 30, December. I know it's 31st. It's going to be in December. Um, I mean, it's probably going to be at the wine bar as well. But Shout out to the East End Wine Bar where we record <laughs> this podcast if you just yeah. tuned in. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so obviously, was off, so doing this research, it's gone like 10 games, 9 games, half in the VFL, half on the VFL. And then you've gone to 2015, you played 13 games, you changed your number from 37 to 11. Do you want to touch on the number real quick, why you changed Like, we kind of talked about, you know, it's been the Jim Steins thing. Was it kind of obviously around that? Do you want to, like, elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, I was um, – I actually tried to get it when Mitch Clark came to the club, um, which was two years before I eventually got 11. But I was penciled in to go from 37 to 11, and yeah. then we made a last-minute move on Mitch Clark. and From Brisbane, right? Was he, he was homesick and managed to come to Melbourne on the, on the way. Yeah. Um, and we got him, and he ended up. I got shifted out of eleven pretty quickly. I think I had my stuff in the locker. I think I was. I think I was in. I was in eleven. Uh, um, so what, what year was that? When that was that? I reckon Clarky came two thousand and twelve. Mitch Clark's has absolutely just come in uh, on the flight on the way there. He's gone. Yeah, I won eleven by the yeah, way. Yeah, so I got shifted out of eleven, and then Mitch obviously moved on two years later, and eleven came back my way, and I didn't have too many hard feelings. I could yeah. have told them to stuff it, but. But um, 37 is a good up. number. I don't good, mind good, it. Is, is Goodsy 37? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And I reckon you're obviously making – not many other big dogs are 11, but I think you, I think it's your number now. Mm. I just missed out in 2014. So you started a business uh, called <laughs> Max Jones & Co. Yep. And you were making tables with uh, teammates at the time, uh, Matt Jones and Max Kin. Pretty creative name. It makes sense. Like a lot of Maxes <laughs> and Matts going on in there, yeah. but – uh, from the rumor on the on the street in the in the Campbellwell streets are that you had to stop this business because it was booming. Yeah. Um, so you started a carpentry business. Run us through that. Yeah. Well, so we'll are you a carpenter? Are we on the record? <laughs> 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 uh, learnt, for for libel reasons, I um, learned things insurance. really really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You obviously, did rock craft. Yeah. Doing tables. <laughs> my 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 family are are in the trade area, but Matt Jones was the was the tradie of the three. Yeah. Um, no, we we wanted to start a cafe. Like, obviously, I've started a wine bar and a Jaffel van eventually. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to start a cafe at the time, so we started going to cafes, and we fell more in love with the tables we were having the coffees on than the actual coffee. Yeah, okay. We're like, this seems like an easy job. Surely we can make tables. So we looked into it, and it turns out we could get a table done in about two or three days. But for AFL footballers, that's three days off. So that's three weeks. So that's three weeks. So we'll, we we would quote people. We'd underquote them. 
quoting business is a hard game because you don't well, want to. What kind of timber and stuff are we talking? Like uh, hewing, yeah, hewing pine. Um, hardwood, any sort of hardwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, red gum. Like yeah. you get all sorts. And we'd make a table. We'd quote them three weeks. We'd get it out in three weeks. We'd deliver it. It'd be awesome. The thing is, we got really, really busy. So we started quoting three months, four months, five months, six months. To a point where, like, we had a logjam of tables. Oh, shit. A genuine logjam of tables. We then outsourced some builders because we thought <laughs> maybe this is a business where we can sit at the top and just Yeah, outsource. yeah, yeah. But then that just got a little bit too hectic as well. Yeah. We needed to buy our own warehouse at some point. And then... So you boys are on a gold mine right now. Yeah, and then the two boys got the raspberry the raspberry yep. sauce. Yeah, they, they, got, got, they, got, they got... They got... They got... boys. Uh, and they had to sort of weigh up if it's worth... Risking their full-time employment. Matt, yeah, Matt yeah. had a young family at the time. Oh, shit. Um, so he just went back to his initial trade and worked with his old man. And um, it became all hands on deck for me. <laughs> so you're trying, to, you're trying to establish yourself in the AFL. Uh, yeah. That year in 2014, you actually won the VFL BNF. Um, you set a record in the fucking VFL for most hitouts, 80 against Bendigo. Um, you're trying to balance this... Potential, war potential war dog story of like <laughs> yeah. importing tables and just like turning him to a big franchise, possibly down the track. What? And we ended up just shutting the doors. And you just shut the doors on we, it. We bailed. What could have been? And we still think could have a, could have day, outweighed what you've been doing now, like money wise. Don't know. Don't know. I think that the name, not that I was a name in 2014, but the name of three Melbourne in boys. In the VFL, you are. And then word really got out that there was cheap tables because we were doing it <laughs> half the price of a place you'd walk into. Ikea wasn't your, established by you. To no. get your dining. No, you're, you're, you're fine dining. Yeah. I'm not bagging Ikea. They're actually, they're a shocking institution. But, um, <laughs> you can uh, go Emma, in if you're listening, uh, he's only joking. <laughs> you I, can go in I there. get our stuff not from Ikea. <laughs> you can go in there and get a $100 table yeah, yeah. where we were selling more along the lines of like your low thousands. Yeah. But you can go, if you walk into a nice table place, you can get one for 20 grand. Like, it's expensive stuff, the table. So, in East End Wine Bar, what are we rocking here? Are these all... Uh, <laughs> these were made by the builder. So, okay, that's, okay. A, that's, a, that's another way... But you, you would have had an eye for it, though. Like, yeah. Oh, that works. That well, works. we use the timber that we use around the bar as, as well. We've just turned that into tables. And, and if you haven't been in here, like Camberwell... Oh, mate, we're coming back. This looks the, sh- the, this looks the goods. Yeah. And apparently, um, McDonald has a drink in here somewhere. Yeah. Like Joe Jonas or is that? Uh, Tom Jonas. Oh, Tom Jonas. Tom I thought Tom McDonald. No, Tom Jonas. Jeez, oh, look at uh, that. Tom Jonas has the Hey Diddle wine that we're looking at just up there. It's a it's a Monty. Good drop. Um, yeah, good drop. And also Jordan Lewis has one up there as well. I can't see where his is. Probably, probably, probably right up the top. Oh, uh, Jordan probably Lewis. Probably same as his age and it's a few, <laughs> few years old, is it? No offense, it's mate. Don't bag me out on the footy show, whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, that, was, that was a big year for you in terms of like starting to get your craft down, Pat, right? Like, because you're obviously getting a lot of hit outs in the VFL, which isn't like the best thing in the world, but it's obviously the next step going to AFL. Then you, 2015 was probably somewhat of a breakout in terms of a bit, bit more confidence and you yeah. know, you're doing well. You, ha- you probably had your best game against Geelong and you had three Brownlow votes, mind you, in that game. Yeah, I'm not... I'm I'm not a big man of the stigma that Ruckman take time, but unfortunately... It feels like this story is... Unfortunately, I haven't helped it because I took time. <laughs> But Steph Martin as well. Like yeah, Steph took. Well, took Steph was a backman <laughs> for his first five years. So I, I remember him. Yeah. We used to give it to him because his name was Stefan. <laughs> and Mick Moldhouse would be like, "How the fuck can Stefan get a touch? He's when his name's Stefan." Like, <laughs> and when I call it him now, I'm busy. He actually gets angry about. I that took now. a lead up mark at Stefan training, and I was a forward, and he was a back in my first year. 
Steph, if you're listening, there you go, Steph. Oh, that's where that's where these games come. Both <laughs> both premier ruckmans of the competition. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Um, but I mean, Oscar McInerney's probably the other end. He's yeah. sort of come. I oh, know he's mature he's age, but mature he's sort age. of come straight in. Yeah. Um, so I I was behind Mark Jamer. So yeah, I had a breakout game against Geelong in 2015. Yeah. Um, that was just basically the first game where I played an exceptional game in AFL. Yeah. So that if we want to call it a breakout, it's a breakout. But I was still behind Mark Jamer, who was our. Australian Ruckman and well, Steph Martin was at our club yeah, for yeah, yeah. those middle years as well. Yeah. Um, so it was tough to get a game. But I got a game and I finally got a game. You must have got some confidence from it because the I next did, year yeah. you balled out, man. Like 2016 yeah. was – you want to, that's a quote-unquote breakout year for you. So that was that the, like the start of – like, oh, I can actually play AFL. Like, I'm not that bad. And it w- since the start of 2016, so yep. at the end of 15, yep. I've done every preseason. So 16 was my first sort of pre-season as well. Yeah. So as much as we like to get our pre-seasons reduced and whatnot, that actually Sometimes helped me as a, it, eh? as a middle-aged player yeah. wanting to take his spot. That yeah. helped me. Now as an older player, still it's not way around, old, but I kind of want man. less time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that definitely helped me. And it's more confidence going into pre-season, yeah. confidence going into round one, knowing that I'm probably going to be picked. Yeah. Like it's a and bit it's a little bit of weight off your shoulder. Like yeah. You like training with pressure. Like, oh, someone can take my spot. But you kind of want to just work on specific things in preseason, not having to you know bust every contest and like get all the taps down pat. Yeah. You kind of want to like work on your craft, and I guess that year you kind of taken over Mark Jamar's position because in 2016, you know you got right into the leadership group, so you must have had a pretty good you know back half of 2015 as well. Um, but that year you probably became the best ruckman in the competition. Like I know we're talking a fair bit about footy, but I just want to know how you go from playing a handful of games, um, struck by injury, the two, 2016. All Australian, balling out number one, number two in the AFL for hit outs and advantage and breaking. I think you had a record as well for somewhere along there. Yeah, like 2016 has to be the year that you like. Thank you. I can now do my wine bar and stuff. Yeah, 16. 16 was a fun year. Ten um, wins as well. Yeah, we d- well, we'll, I mean, it had a really disappointing end because yeah, we that's were not a far off finals, right? Yeah, uh, we, were, we were a chance going into it, and then we sort of tanked towards the end. Yeah, uh, I can't actually. Can you use that word? Yeah, I'm not Probably can't use that word. I'm actually liable to... (laughs) You can't say that word. Uh, I'll uh, I'll say probably (laughs) beeped that year. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, no, I probably can because they tanked tanked for me. I mean, it was the year before I got to the club. Um, Oh, that makes sense. So so thanks whoever did that. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. Uh, So, yeah, 16 got amazing confidence. Um, I don't, once again, I don't buy into the fact that I wasn't good enough at 2014. Yeah, yeah. But getting the opportunity, and I understand now as a leader and watching other people grow, that you can't grow unless you're happy in your own skin. Yep. You can't grow unless you're confident. Um, so to be able to get that on everybody, like it took me six years to be confident. How can I get my first year player who's now at the club to be confident so we don't have to worry about it? Most Fast of them are coming in pretty they confident. They come in pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> they come in relatively happy They expect happy games round one. If they don't <laughs> get it, they're like, oh, I'm getting traded. How's this happened? <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> I'm not Man, come on. Like, you've got to earn thing. that I don't shit get, sometimes. I don't get the whole It's a sense of like, hey, you get draft, top draft picks especially. Like, not saying it happens at our club because, you know, Brisbane, we're all... Blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah. players coming to the AFL nowadays, they just expect to get games. Yeah. And if they see one of their private school buddies, like. Sorry, I keep having a crack at you boys, but they see their mates at other teams getting games and probably other 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 squads. It's like, oh, they should be getting games, and they have the self entitlement that they should be getting games. But yeah. like, I'm I'm a big believer of earning it. Um, and even for myself, like, this is not about me, but like when I got delisted, like, that's when I really found out what professionalism means, how to how to be an AFL player and play consistent footy, and what works and what doesn't work. 
So I know that like it took a massive thing for me to actually lose my job to realise what AFL football is, and there's always silver linings. Just got to find them along yep. the way. But that six, that 2016 year was like amazing for you. Like um, you said, you did set a record. I was on, yeah, the hit out to advantage. All Australian jacket, third in the BNF. Bit stiff there behind Viney and Jones, who you probably made look that good anyway. So they probably it's should. Still, it's still talked about that year. But it should be. Like, I think it's a bit of a maybe some contractual things that they had to get in there to pay Who those won? boys. Bernie won. Varney won. Ah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Jonesy, Jonesy won. Is that Bernie? Oh, no, 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 Bernie, no, no. Bernie won 2015. Jones uh, and Varney second, yep. and then you. And then you came in. Yep. Dirty third. Third just, the best. Just on, just on 2016, though, with the All-Australian jacket, I mean, Cripps was telling us this morning that for him, when he, when he first got that first jacket, that was when he kind of felt that he not necessarily belonged, belonged yeah. but also felt like, okay, I, I'm now in that top echelon of, of AFL players. I mean, did you get a sense of that? Because 12 months ago, prior to that, you were just trying to play consistent footy for your own team, and now you're sort of being recognised as one of the best 22 players in the game. Did you, did you get a funny. sense of that? It's probably because myself and Paddy had different sort of... Uh, Paddy, I know his first year wasn't unbelievable, but he was a childhood star. Yeah, yeah. Drafted quite high yep. and was Pick seen 13. as the saviour of Carlton. Yeah. Um, where I took a lot longer and I was still... When I got that jacket, thinking I've played forty-five games here, and I'm standing here, like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm still amazed you've only got 120, man. To yeah, so you I'd, felt that even after. Yeah, after I still that jump. I don't. I still I said, look, I probably lucked out. Maybe did that nearly fall over, or did, um, which he did. Uh, was Grundy was a, in that team that I year? I mean, Gold. I beat Goldstein, Goldstein to it, and I beat Grundy to it. So they both played that year. Yeah. But like, there was. I might. I was still feeling quite lucky to be standing there. Um, and then 17, we'll get into it later, but the 17, I tore my hamstring off the bone. Yeah. So at the start of 18, I'm still doubting myself. Like, and that's um, probably but yeah, only 120 games. I'd, I won't be that. And I'm happy with the way I've done it. Yeah. yeah. I won't, well, it's your story. I won't get 300. I won't get 250. And I'm pushing shit uphill to get 200. Like, what do you use? 120, so you need a good four, four, four yeah. five years. So you got that. But I'm happy with the way I've done it. Like, I... Don't need the 200 AFL game club to go to the every game for free for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I got I got I tried to grow up so quickly in those first few years, and there must have been a, a yeah. you must have had a time to yourself when you had the jacket and you're like fuck like this is pretty this is pretty special like from where I've come from and I, obviously a lot of people always say you know thanks mum dad thanks the family and stuff but was it like a sense of I've I've earned this and this means more to me than probably other blokes who not, not other blokes but. You've earned it? It certainly does. Yeah. Like um, is individual recognition up there with some sort of team success? Like, I'd, I want team success. Everyone, and we get told to say, but but I just like you still want it though. I want to see what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. Like, the finals completely You're outweighed my 2018 jacket. Okay. Like, playing those two finals yeah. compl- like was my biggest objective I've ever done. Like, yeah. biggest accomplishment. So... When you go, f- when you look back and go through individual success in sixteen, yeah, that was the making of me and like a great honour. But it was a horrible year for the club still. Yeah, true. I, I couldn't smile when I was getting interviews and getting stuff. Getting interviews, after and accolades. I was still, I was still like quite grumpy within myself about how I performed in the last few games as yeah. well. Because what it was just, it was just off a couple games, literally in the top that to- uh, top eight spot, right? Because you finished on ten wins, so I'm guessing it would have been like maybe needed two to three more max. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually think we had an, we had a hiccup against Brisbane. Maybe I wouldn't. Was it sixteen? Oh, I don't know. I think we were we were supposed to be really good, and you guys were already where we, where we were. <laughs> you were already <laughs> out good, of the yeah. finals. Yeah, Big and time. we only won by seven points, and we're up by forty or three. Eighty percentage booster. And we came back down. Well, that might have been seventeen. Oh well, one of the two. One of the yeah. two. Well, 
It yeah, makes me feel, makes row, me feel a little bit better that we I did something to yeah, ruin that jacket for you. Sorry. <laughs> just on, just on the, uh, but just on individual success versus team success. Like as competitors, don't you talking? Don't about you both just want to win everything though? Like, like as a competitor, don't you just want to go out there and actually win as much as you possibly can, whether it's team or individual? Yeah, there is. Are you a goal setter? Like start of the year, like do you write down like, these are the things that I no no no. See, even for me, like I still have certain goals that like I'm not going to say I want to be all Australian stuff, but Something that I can keep marking myself because even for myself, like you probably, I don't know if you watch other ruckmen and study what they're doing and where they're at in terms of stats-wise. For me, playing a new position last year on the wing, I was like, fuck, so who's the best in the comp? Um, you got the Gaffs, you got the Brad Hills, and they're all different players than me, but I can still base myself off how I'm going in that yeah. position. And obviously, what you're doing for the team and inside the structures and the stuff, you might be a little bit different, but I still have those goals at the start of the year. Like, oh yeah, I want to be near about averaging that, so... I can you know, be making sure I'm doing the best of the team at the same time, but I still want to be getting my tackles up. I want to be scoring goals, and all Australian squad can come along if you're doing those things. Is that yes or no for you? Uh, in and out of that mind zone, just I suppose. Like, just like, yeah, just like I'm very competitive when I'm on the field. Yeah, okay. Um, and I know I need to watch some ruckmen to beat them, so yeah. I'll watch them a little bit. Yeah, but. I don't buy into the. I mean, I'm a lover of media, so I watch and read a lot of things, yeah, yeah. and I'm in most of it as well. Because yeah, yeah. I because don't say no what to a dollar. Yeah, but hundred um, percent. Sorry, I couldn't pay you for this. <laughs> it gets worked up a lot, going very Grundy. Yeah. I, I, like I couldn't give a flying ass. Yeah. Unless Melbourne v Collingwood that weekend, I'll beat him that. I'll try and beat him that day because I'm a competitive prick. I love that. But what he does the next 21 weeks. Irrelevant. And if he gets an All-Australian Jack and I don't, like that doesn't phase me. So you look, you're not looking over your shoulder? No. It's, it's really, as you said, I mean, a lot of we people, said, a lot I of see people that, build I it up. It's, it's, it's yeah. Gorn v Grundy. I've just got to beat 22 Ruffman yeah. on their day. Mm. And if I do that, but I don't comprehensively do it like Brody does, so does that bother me? No. Mm. At least you're getting your job done on the day. Yeah. And then my job eventually will get team stuff done. But that's, I mean, probably happened to you as well. The biggest mate the shift you can make as a player is when you stop caring about your own touches and start caring about team success. And I, like, I was thinking about my own numbers for ages mm. like, because you're in and out of the VFL and AFL. Yeah, yeah. you can think of. Like, that's all you like in that meeting yeah. why you don't get picked. It's when like, was, oh, you're not getting enough of the ball. You're not doing this. Yeah, when I was the 22nd player in the AFL team and I knew I was because I was the second ruck. As soon as you lose, the second ruck gets dropped all the time. Yeah. I needed to go out and play a good game personally. But once you get over that hump, um, that's another thing as a leader. You got to try and get people. You got to start worrying about as soon as you can. Um, yeah, so I'm a competitive prick on the day, and sometimes to a point where coaches tell me stop caring about your other ruck and start buying into team defence a bit more. Okay, which does happen. Um, I'm getting better at that, but it's team, it's team defence for you guys, like getting long down the line, spoils, yeah, or like tackles or blocks or. And again, as a leader, that role develops to a point where I'm setting up my other midfielders. Yeah, and okay. Like I'm a big fan of. Clayton Oliver and Christian Petraka are absolute offensive jets for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an offensive jet, so I'll cover their men for them. I know yeah. they're quicker and fitter than me, but I'll do my best at covering yeah. their men to let Christian Petraka go crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm, it looks like that's what Richmond does with Dusty. Well, that's 100%. Well, I've been a tagger, and I know for yeah. a fact that's what happens. Like, without throwing shade at any like, that's all the premier midfielders usually in the comp. Like, if they're getting those 30s and stuff, they're not defending. Usually... Not cheating, but that's what the, like the word in, in um, universally is in, in the AFL world is they'll just more defensively, they'll just leave. They won't run after the, If they're not going to get the ball, they'll just kind of like sit around the midfield square area or just get ready to go back the other way. So I know what he's saying in terms of picking up the other guy's men because 
they can play more offensively and get you know do what they do best. So obviously your job is at the stoppage, bang, 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 long down the line, kick some shags when you go up forward. Um, if you can pick up the midfield, it's like having an extra midfielder really. But, but then going into that ruck battle again, like I could, let's say, Brody has thirty disposals on me. Yeah, which probably could happen. Probably has happened. Um, but if and I play all right, I've twenty five, and I think oh we've just had a good battle. Yeah, but that might not be compared to like if Nat Nui has ten hitouts to advantage from a centre bounce and absolutely cleans me up, but doesn't touch the pill. I reckon yeah. Nat Nui's cleaned me up there. Well, hundred percent, and even in the media, like, yeah. um, they'll they'll probably say that too because they'll see the images of him getting up and getting over, or even his follow up work, getting the pill after he's tapped it down and yep. done that follow up work as well. So it's so com- it's completely different. Every yeah, ruckman every ruckman's strength. got their strengths yeah. and their weaknesses, yeah. and obviously, obviously, you've got strengths after strengths. Is there anything that you've been working on this preseason in terms of? I know you've been a bit limited with the knees and stuff. Anything you've been working on specifically to take Gorney to another jacket or just every more year, success this year? I'm not sure if you. You all like this as well. Every year, do you just finish a year? Go, geez, I need to get figure, fitter and stronger again. Especially towards the back end. It feels like you just get every year you go to the same goals for better. pre-season and off-season to get fitter and stronger again. And now you're just delving into different ways. I delved into diet in 2016 at the end. Yeah. What'd you go and for? I just gave up everything that yeah. I enjoyed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. One way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I completely halved my DEXA scan. Like yeah. I went crazy. But now that's that's. I'm normal now. Like yeah, now yeah. there's got to be another way to go. There's like there's always these steps yeah. to go to continually be better. So I think my goals are just continually be fitter and stronger. Yeah, but um, in saying that, like, how much fitter and stronger can you honestly get? Like, yeah. you can always go back to your past. Like, I don't, I don't know if most teams are probably the same in terms of the gym. Um, like the numbers you're getting in there. Obviously, we do three k time trials. Everyone else is different, but you can always go back to that. But GPS numbers are probably big for us, especially for a winger now that I've got to look at that a lot. But I I probably feel like I've done less in in this season, in this preseason, but feel a lot fitter, getting my numbers are yep. right up. But I've probably done less work and more like recovery work for my body. Yep. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a boomer. I'm a 30-year-old now, so I probably have to do things differently to the younger boys coming in. But I feel like less is best for me at the moment, um, and especially mentally, man. Like coming in this year, I'm ready to go. Like obviously, we've got a chip in our shoulder – from uh, not winning the final and going out the straight sets and stuff, we got that going for us. But coming to this year, that's driven us, and I'm just like excited for this year. And, and now we've got to fucking and wait. You don't want to do a Melbourne. And I don't. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. That's the next <laughs> thing. Like, we'll, we'll jump into that in a second. But um, but fitter and stronger is different and s- for different for everyone. Everyone. Yeah, that's Everyone's a, different. That's, that's what I'm trying to get. Well, to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get Nat Nui's hit like spring and a centre bounce. I'm not going to get. Huh? What's, Brody's, your, what's your VJ? Brody's ability to get the ball. I'm not going to be able to get Goldie's running capacity. Like. Yeah. But I can be a better version of myself still. Yeah, and that works. That's yeah. a pretty good person. Yeah. So 2018, man. <laughs> what a year, right? That was that was a fun year. Fuck. That's similar to the year that you guys have just had. Similar, similar. But you guys won two finals, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, against guys that have teams that have bullied us as well, Hawthorne and Geelong. So that's the thing, right? Like you it have that going. A little yeah, bit. that adds us a little bit. So 2018, 25 well, games under the belt. to the fan spectacle. Well, like yeah, they haven't won over Hawthorne. Their Hawthorne best mate down the. We haven't been Richmond. Yeah, like for 10 Richmond years. haven't been them for ten years. Like we haven't, yeah. be, and then they beat us twice in a row. And I was like, "Fucking Richmond!" So now I've got a big passion for them in uh, strongly disliking it. But 2018, 25 games prelim. Your first best and fairest. Your first one, which is a bit, whatever, whatever happens, happens. All Australian jacket again. 20, 2018, another consistent year. 
run us through the finals campaign because I think everything else has been well documented. But personally, how's that? How did that feel for you? And and then experiencing twenty nineteen, like yeah, finals finals are fun. Finals are that fun. Um, I personally didn't play amazing games, but I felt like for the ruckman I was versing that day, I did exactly what I needed to do, which made me happy. Yeah. Um, the Geelong game was extremely special because Geelong had bullied us. Was that down there? No, nah, it was I at was the G. Yeah, I was going to say, we, that was we, down were the there. Home. We, we came fifth, they came eighth. Um, the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, like Are you were there with Gaz? He's, a big lost Gaz. He's, Gaz, he's Gaz's best mate. Yeah, right. Yeah. We lost by 186 to Geelong in 2011. Oh, f- oh that's true. Um, they've bullied us a lot throughout our time, so it was good to get that one back, and obviously. The start of that year, I missed a set shot from straight in front to miss that oh, round one game. Was well. it? Okay. So it's a bit in fact, <laughs> I had a shot pretty early on as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the Geelong game, was, but the Hawthorne game was like every Melbourne fan, well, majority of Melbourne fans live east of the city. Yeah, They live in the same places that Hawthorne fans do. Yeah. So every Melbourne fan knows so a Hawthorne. So bragging rights is that all-time like They're best friends, Melbourne and Hawthorne fans. Like and then Hawthorne have had the bragging rights for on, on every team, but every especially team. Melbourne for the last yeah. 10 like yeah. 20, 30 Last years, decade, man. Since 1964. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty big win. Yeah, so that one was really special for Melbourne fans and Melbourne yeah. players alone. Obviously, the prelim didn't work out. But the one thing I will say at the prelim is hopefully we'll never have to play in an away prelim again. Hopefully from now on we play home prelims, MCG. Yeah. But to get an away prelim feel, that was an, that city was a lot. Like flying Especially in. WA, man. The like place Perth. was a lot. Like... Everyone was booing me when I was walking down the street from your morning love coffee. Love that, love that. Like, that's, that do, you, was do, you, do you like, you seem like the type of bloke who would thrive off that? Like, that oh, was fuck crazy. It, this is going to be... I'd love to play in the away prelim again. Like, yeah. I, I, I hope we don't because I hope we finish top two and yeah, don't yeah. have to worry about it. But, yep. like, yeah, and, and not everyone will get to experience it yeah. in a way prelim. I'd, maybe Hawthorne probably haven't even experienced it in a way prelim. I reckon half those Melbourne teams have played outside of Victoria. Yeah, so to experience that, like, until the quarter time siren was the most special moment I've ever yeah. had. So, unfortunately, we didn't play our best footy and some stuff went pear-shaped. But 2018, I still look back on that and go, we Tick. had a pretty good season. Yeah. Some stuff we can take out of that. Yeah, we lost the prelim and got spanked. and But we still showed we could play finals. At least they won the grand final. Yeah. What was it like with the supporter base, though? Because that was the first time that Melbourne fans really gained a sense of of excitement and, and finals footy it had been so long. I remember talking to Jeff White about it the week mm. of, and even as a former player, I mean, he was just bubbling it to take his kid it? and yeah. Kai down there, and it was just, he, he just said it was an unbelievable experience, and, you know, supporters really gained a sense of it. I mean, what was it like as a player seeing it from supporters, you know, how excited they were to just be able to see this team be kind of back to where you guys obviously wanted, wanted to get to? It, 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 it's, a, it's a bit of a talking point for me at the moment because I'm... Our club is a big club. We're, we're a closet big club. We're, we're, we're a big club that can be very big if we won footy. You're sponsors, man, already. Like if, you, if you could imagine a Collingwood or a Richmond who have had an era like us, yeah. they'd be similar to us. Yeah, they'd 100%. have 30,000 members is what we got at the moment. We're aiming for 50 and 60, which is what we sort of had last year. Yeah. Um, so it, it like excites me that there's that many Melbourne fans. We pack out the MCG two finals in a row and they come out of everywhere. Yeah. And then, I've, unfortunately, we've had an unsuccessful year and they go away again. So... I hope that if Melbourne fans do listen to your podcast, I hope they realise there's a strong correlation between we need your support now yeah. to grow up to the get ladder, back up. Not once we're there, then to jump on. Then jump on. on. Um, 
So everyone wants to create a dynasty. Everyone wants to create a Richmond. Everyone wants to create 100,000 fans, two yeah. flags, play finals footy, best player in the game, Dusty. Seems like their club can do no wrong. Everyone wants to create that. So seeing what we had in those finals shows that we can create it. But obviously we're going to play our role. We're going to win games of footy. Yeah. Um, but I feel like those Melbourne fans, the feeling they gave us, yeah, the prelims. Can't, yeah, it's, it's, a real, it's a real feeling. Like we had exactly that last year. Like, um, Brisbane's a big town. Packed out every game of the Gabba. Right. 20,000. Every, every time. So for us, like, you know Brisbane pretty well. Like, they jump on kind of um, what's doing well because we got, like, the league. It's a league town, so it's crazy. If they're doing well, then it's kind of hard to get them. But thankfully, the league went bad last year. Union didn't go well. A-League didn't go well. And we started playing some really good footy at home. So that f- so we played Richmond down here um, in the last game of the year, and it was like 75,000 or whatever. And then we played then the following the first final in Brisbane, and I've and I've played in front of like 95 plus. This was like the loudest thing I've ever heard in terms of like supporters and the and the, the roars we we're getting in our warm up. Mm. And we're in front by half time. Then we shut the bed, and they kick like seven goals in the third quarter, and, and we missed all our shots. So. But I know exactly what you're saying. For the fans, like, feel like you're playing for someone else as well. Like, when you have that on your back, it feels like you're playing for someone else. Other than, like, obviously your pride in the team and your family, whatever. When you're playing for supporters and they're turning up, you don't want to let them down as well. Mm. They're the first mm. people you see at the game. When you're, when you're, if, you're, if you're playing shit, you're, like, you're trying to hide, like, fuck. Yeah, even, even the past player thing. That's great. So one of my other things as a leader... I'd like to... I'd, I'd like our past players to talk well about our Scandal, club. Yeah. I feel like... So long in my time at Melbourne, past players have hated the club once they've left because they left on bad terms. And yeah. um, early on, when we had Mark Neal, we a lot of guys retired early. Like we had guys that retired early, didn't want to know football, didn't want to. That sort of brought guys back. That energy brought yeah. people back, and it brought us a light seeing past players speak well about our club. And therefore, going forward, if past players speak well about your club, it gives you a good feeling about your club, and yeah. then you go to bigger and better things. And Oh, we got a lot of Melbourne guys in the media. Like the the, the, the on the couch is basically uh, Melbourne, Melbourne supporters. It's Paul Roos and Gerald Healy and yeah. Gary Lyon, yeah. and they're three guys that do like to pot the club when it's yeah. going bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's great to see people talk well about the club that yeah. are from Melbourne and the feeling that we get. So that's another thing as a leader I'd like to get. Like some of my mates that I've obviously I've had a lot of teammates. We've been a bad club, mm. um, but some of my mates I want them speaking well about it. You know. Well, that that's kind of goes into what you're doing off-field about your mates because we'll have a little talk about off-field. We just, we'll finish up there. But we're like, off-field, outside of footy. So run us through the bearded jaffle. Like, I, I, because obviously I've, um, I do like the media too, so I've seen a lot of your stuff. Used to make coffees out of the back of somewhere in... Um, yeah, Rich- shut down. Is that in Richmond? Yeah, I had a house in Richmond. So you had a house in Richmond. Is that like, is that H&R? Is that, can you yeah, even I do loved, that? I loved coffee. Cause so your mum, um, so growing up, your mum owned a cake shop, right? Yeah, and that's where you found your first cake, love cake for shop, it. coffee shop. Yeah, cake shop, coffee shop. So, so you learned early days. So yep. your um, passion for that obviously grew from there. Yep. And then you so run us through the bit of Jaffa, your coffee. Uh, so initially, the um, I got a really good coffee machine. So I got it at home. What do you got? Shout out to Breville? Uh, no, no, shout out to, I wouldn't even know, it was Levanta. It was through Levanta. Lavaza, if you're looking for uh, some people in the spring racing carnival. Yeah, I actually need another coffee machine as well. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we, um, we, I invited a few people over because I wanted to test my toy. Yeah. I wanted to get a few people for a coffee. Yeah. And I realised it's pretty cool. Like, day off, I got, like, people from the football club to come around to my small little place in Richmond. Yeah. I set up a little courtyard. It was awesome. To a point where one, one Saturday, 
I had about 40 people there. Jonesy brought his whole family. I was back in David Chino's the kids. There was coaches in this back corner. And, like, the club was a lot. Like, there was people... Like the coaches were talking to players. All the kids were mingling. I'm like, I've yeah. created a little gem Look here. Look at this. Um, I was making poached eggs as well, like poached eggs nice and avos. Can this guy's... I'd made a salad the day before. Jess, my wife now, but partner at the time, was working overtime in the kitchen. She was back there just oh, smashing no. out salads. Oh, no. And then I, I did a tip jar. Um, and then so what, what are we what, raking what in per I ended day? Up getting, like, Jonesy was paying with two baby chinos and one smashed avo and sticking a 50 in there. I'm like, Joe, holy, well, I'm onto something here. And then... Word got out and yeah. I had to shut the roller door for a little bit. And that is just you don't yeah. ever hear that shit. I remember seeing in the paper like you were standing in the back just chilling out with the beard and just like making coffees. I was like, this guy's literally can do it all. Like this is something that. So you've obviously taken that and then run with it, and now you got some big stuff going on in terms of you know you got the wine, you got the beard of Jaffel still cranking. Beard of Jaffel still cracking. Yeah, so run me through the beard of Jaffel because I actually it got rated pretty highly on the internet. Um, yeah, the Beater Jaffel was just a, a food truck. So my brother, who lives up in Queensland, brought a Ford F100. Oh, um, nice. It's a big, you wouldn't be able to drive around here. No, decided to turn it into a food truck. Um, spray painted a black, black timber, looks pretty cool. And then we realised once he made it, we're like, geez, we've got a pretty good truck here. So we turned it into, I love Jaffels. Yeah, I love I'm Jaffels. mate. So we Make turned it into... That seemed to be the thing. Toasted sandwiches goes off in food truck in the, in yeah. the industry, but you can't do a toasted sanger because they're already done. So Jaffles was the next best thing. And then my other brother, who's a hospitality whiz, he said, I'll run it. So um, I said, I'll basically claim all the, f- <laughs> the fame. Yeah. Pretend like it's mine, but I won't yeah. do a thing. Yeah, and well, the other, it's The other two brothers basically did it. Well, I've got family too, so I understand how that's <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Max Gorn, but I'm like probably like middle tier famous in the AFL <laughs> and my brother brother like because we're, we're gamers and yeah. he streams as well he just like every time I tweet it's like go follow this guy and like, he's like this in the background I was like but I'm trying to get him you know publicity <laughs> and shit so he loves it oh, but he loves it that's so cool keeping there that's so a, that's a pretty cool thing man because we get to go like we've been to Melbourne Cup uh Australian Open AFL Grand Final um we've also been music festivals galore so um, can people hire the truck? Yeah, you can hire the private function, hire the truck. Beard of Jaffel Instagram is the best way to find it. But yeah. um, does Gorney slide in the DMs? Like, do you reply to anyone, or is that all? Every now and then, I I, I went. You never to know. A, that's a I went to a festival that I was at the other day, um, in Sale. Yeah, uh, okay. there was a festival down there of Hilltop Woods and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I yeah. thought I'd go try it out. Um, so I used the excuse like I was working yeah, in the oh, truck, but I was there for one Jaffel, which was mine, and then left. Um, <laughs> Listen to Hilltop Puds. Yeah, I listen to Hilltop Puds, which is great. But yeah, yeah that, that's a cool little avenue to hospitality where you can see a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be a real moneymaker. No, nah, but it's like a hobby, it's, man. Like it's a food truck, but um, where we're sitting is probably a little bit more on a big deal yep. type scale, the wine bar, yep. um, which came at a similar time. Wine bar came last year, round one, um, but it was been in the pipeline for a while. With two fellas from Eng- Eng- England. Basically, I started having coffee at their cafe about seven years ago. Yeah. And we started talking and talking and talking, and now we're business partners. So uh, we're one year down the track now, and it's been fun here as well. That's awesome, man. So we'll finish up on that. Um, shout out to Jess as well because I did uh, meet her on the red, on the red carpet last year. Yep. Red carpet or purple carpet, whatever it is on the brown low. Um, she was awesome. Oh, you yeah. finally married her. So yep. shout out to Jess. Um, look, I've seen the photos. It looks really good. Yeah, we're um, what are we? We've well, got married January one, so that makes us seventy three days strong. 
73 days. Nice. Not that I'm counting. Not counting. It's no. <laughs> when you start counting, like that means you love someone even more because every day is a... It's not been a real struggle day. around 40. <laughs> you know, you start 40 to 60, you've got to get through those days. You start days. thinking, I hope that wine boat does well because that's a very expensive wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to 70, I feel like it's we're, uh, it's, we're in now. It sounds like pre-season all over yeah. again. <laughs> then you could delay the... Could delay the whatever we're talking about, what happens off field in the bedroom. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the next thing about having kids and stuff. But thank you so much, um, Max Gone, for letting us come in today. We know that um, it's tough times with the coronavirus going around, but yep. you've been a warrior in the in the in the night time and you've let us come in here to your awesome wine bar. And we've got some free coffees too, so we'll hit you back for that. Yeah, but absolutely. good Get luck for twenty twenty, man. Hopefully that knee comes well. Um, the Melbourne Demons do very good this year, but we beat you obviously that'd be fantastic. We actually got a Gabba Friday night game. Oh shit! How good's that? Bring it up here! <laughs> wow! Can you, take, can you take in that? In lock round the 18, so the AFL's really hedged their bets, hoping we're both going well. That could be round one. That could <laughs> it be could round be, one. or it could, it could also be 10,000 of the Gabba. No good, couldn't it? It's like the good old days. Um, you can take that poster off the wall as well of me, because I think we're all good now. Yeah, no more Bruce Free. No, no more Bruce Free. I think we play a brand that's not Bruce I think we both play a pretty good brand yeah. now, um, even though I'm an outside player now. <laughs> <laughs> so catch me if you can anyway, Fritch, or whatever we out there. These days. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having us. That's Rid Through a Podcast. Check out Max Gone on Instagram, social medias, The Wine, uh, what's it called? East End Wine Bar on Camberwell, um, The Bitter Jaffel, and just just follow him, man. Oh, you, he's probably got quadruple followers on him anyway, so I don't give a fuck, but just get around it. Get around him. Thanks, guys. Get appreciate it. It's good fun. Boom. Air on the dot. Yeah. <laughs>